This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hey, I need some help from the audience. I Woo. need some celebrities. Uh, how about Kent, Joel, and Jacob? Okay, sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. Okay, uh, give me a place. Uh, your mom's basement. Okay, we have Kent, Joel, and Jacob in my mom's basement. Welcome to Bacon Cell. That's, that's it. That's my opening. And a murder weapon, probably. Do we have a murder weapon? Uh, cough drops. Okay. Can we use Bob? Yeah, we can. Uh, welcome to Bacon Cell, everyone. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. First of all, we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, The Zombie Apocalypse. Choose your own adventure. <coughs> yeah, thanks yeah. for letting me experiment on you guys. We thought it would be a disaster, but somehow it turned out okay. Well, it wasn't that we thought it was going to be a disaster. We just had no idea what it was going to be. Yeah. But after that show, Jacob, I am going to say that I think you're now the fourth favorite Bacon Woo! Cell member. Promotion. Seriously? Seriously? I thought it was only going to be around fifth, but no, fourth. You're at the fourth. Wow. You're wow. The fourth. You're nice. catching up? Yeah. Uh, no, it was a great show. We've actually had requests, and we have plans to use that format for future shows as well. Yeah. yeah. Just give me more time to write. And a lot more time. Yeah. 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 He's already working on the Valentine's show. I'm all show. over it. We'll At this point, you're going to be like a regular Stephanie Meyer, though. We release some young adult fiction <laughs> about us, please. Uh, please. Okay. That's what last show was. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Jacob? Today, we're going to talk about Bob the Builder. Yes, Bob, he can. Bob the podcast builder. Bob the podcast builder? Bob the improv builder? There you go. Bob the screenplay builder. That's we have that's our, our good friend Bob Bador here in studio with us. Bob, why don't you say hello? Hello. I'm that's really Bob. excited to be here. You can find Bob at Quickwits. They perform every Saturday hey, night. Save it for the end center. of the show. For more details, go to QW, come to come to the Quickwits Facebook page. That sounds weird. Yeah. Take an opportunity to tell us, uh, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Bob Bador. I was a uh, founder of Quick Wits, uh, an improv com- uh, comedy troupe in 1994. Joel has been a part of that for many of the years. I came in about 2001. Yeah, so yeah. a long time. But just a theater guy. I love theater in Utah. My main career, I'm a video producer, but also try to sell various writings. I did stand-up for a number of years, radio for a number of years. Just just everything, trying to find something that clicks. Nice. Uh, and uh, Bob and I have known each other, like I said, since 2001, and I've been wanting to get him on the show because back in season one, Kent had his movie critic show, and he talked about it what it was. It was season two. But Kent got to talk about what it's like to be a film critic and all oh, that. Oh, that was season one and season yeah. two. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I hate it when he uses that voice, too. Ooh, this is good. <laughs> I have so many awful voices on the show. <laughs> but but uh, the whole, I mean, the thing of Bacon Cell on the page, it talks about an improv comedian and a film critic yeah. argue about a bunch of stuff. And so we got the Kent angle, and I just wanted to get the Joel angle, the improv comedian. And I thought, what better do that than bring Bob in, who created Quickwits? And may I say, Bob, maybe the father of improv in Utah. I've been called the Godfather. Well, I wouldn't say blasphemy, but okay. <laughs> the gosh father. <laughs> the gosh father. That's much better. <laughs> but uh, I would, I, for those of you who don't know, uh, three. these aren't like the only types, but there's three basic types of comedy. There's stand-up comedy, one person... They, they've memorized some material, and they're going to interact with the audience. You have sketch comedy, which is more Saturday Night Live. You have characters. You, you write, like, whole sketches. And then you have improv comedy, which is made up on the spot, a lot like whose line is it anyway. Before we get there, oh, okay. I have some very important questions I'd like to ask, because I feel like that's the meat oh, of the show. that's right. Oh, wow. I forgot we have a guest. Right. Well, I know we have a guest, but I forgot we have a guest. I know here. it feels like Bob's been here all along as the gosh father. Well, he was hanging <laughs> on out your shoulder. About, he was hanging out for 30 minutes with Jacob all by himself, and he's still here. By the so. way, Bob, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. that's, that's a feat unto itself, really. No, he left us a, 
uh, blanket and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did. We made some, some candy wrappers over there, <laughs> and we're gonna have good memories. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah, you're getting weird. <laughs> I do have a nice sectional over here though. Because yeah, so sorry, Ken. Please, very important questions. Yeah, we need honest answers here. Like this is a lightning round, so don't take too long to think about it. these. Are all very quick. No, you're good. So answer did from we the warn heart. Him about this, uh, I don't think we did. But he's improv. So okay, which is better, Karate Kid One or Karate Kid Two? Karate Kid One. Yes. Okay. That's all. You're going to get, get reactions from the side. Okay. No, but uh, Karate <laughs> Kid Which one. is worse, Star Wars Episode 1 or Star Wars Episode 2? Star Wars Episode 1. Yes. <laughs> well done. All right. Although okay. 2 was horrible as oh, well. Oh, it's it's, bad. there's yeah. no yeah. saying. <laughs> I mean, They're both on. bad. <laughs> Jacob, be keeping score over there? <laughs> yep. Good. All right. So you said you're a movie fan, and yep. I want to get into that a little bit later, but do you rate movies using stars or letter grades? I do stars, but, uh, you know, it's a different thing because it's always weird. Every time someone says three and a half stars, you don't know what. Yeah, it's out of seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have no Who idea. rates out of seven? Uh, you, I think you do. We I don't, think we you're still seven and three quarters. You still haven't told I rate us. based on how many kids I have. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so currently. The ever-increasing star amount. It's out of 16 stars currently. Joel, you have, like, constellations at this point. <laughs> I do. That's what we were for Halloween. No, all right. <laughs> so, this movie's a Milky Way. <laughs> I'm the Big Dipper. Which is the more America movie? Movie. The more America movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. America. Which is more America movie? It's America. Rocky IV or Independence Day? I'd have to say that it would have to be Rocky IV yeah. is more America. Yeah. Yes. Two and two. Stop gloating. Keep asking. The right. Independence Day is really more of a Earth. Yes, a global. But America global saves Day. Earth. But the world saves when, it together. When Will Smith saves Earth, is it really <laughs> someone <laughs> saving? <laughs> Didn't save us from the sequel. That's for sure. No. Now, this one is relevant. This one's mostly relevant last week, but we could still say it's okay now. Sure. Is The Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? It is a tweener. Oh, he's sitting on the fence there. Nope. If That's not okay. okay. If you had to pick, I, 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 pick. I would say if I had to pick, I'd say Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, man, two, two, one for two for each. I even of you. sent in the bias before I asked the question and everything. No, it's it's more Christmas than Halloween. Okay. Yes. Buffy or X Files. Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So far, you know, pretty good. Yeah. We're going right to the middle here. Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Star Wars. Damn. Which movie is more <laughs> Christmassy? Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Back and forth. I, I still think we should strike that That's from the four record. That's four and four. <laughs> How can we strike that from the record? And our final question, Phantom of the Opera or Les Miserables? Phantom. Yes. Wow. That's... Oh, wait, we have more, don't we? No, that's it. That's it. Joel, I think you won five to four on five, that four, one. Five, yeah. four, Joel. Bob's, wow. Bob was my friend. That was really close. I want to bring my friends on the show. <laughs> you need to get some first. Oh. <laughs> All right, so you, you passed, I suppose. You right, didn't really anger either of us too badly. No, no, no. And that's really just to kind of get to know you and give the audience a feel of who you are, but... Let's get a more feel for... Yeah, so you were talking about the types of comedy, Yeah, right? so the, uh, just to get an idea, because a lot of times mm-hmm. people say, oh, you do improv comedy? Uh, let me hear some. And it's like... <laughs> That's how it works, yeah. Dance, monkey, dance. Uh, That happens too. But Bob, how did you get started in comedy? The weird thing is that I didn't, I would never even thought I'd go into acting. I moved to Utah about a week before uh, my first year of high school started. So it was weird because I didn't know anybody. You know, I was, wasn't even in a group to be kicked out of or anything like that. And my dad, um, my dad said, you should take a drama class because there's a lot of outgoing people in drama. Mm-hmm. So my dad was like making a play date for me. In a way. <laughs> and I got cast in the first show. This is at Leighton high, it's far superior to, uh, to high to your, whatever Ridge Northridge. Ridge. Well, before Northridge was born, it was yeah, superior. 
But, Born? <laughs> built. <laughs> Who gave birth to Northridge? But he, here's here's the funny thing, though. I got cast in my first play. It was called Up the Down Staircase, and I got cast as uh, Jose Rodriguez because I was the closest thing they had to a Mexican-looking actor. <laughs> in Layton? <laughs> in Layton. <laughs> Those were different times. It, yeah. was, it was 79. It, okay. was a, it was a different time. But uh, I mean, you have dark features. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah, way, way to fill the need there, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he counts our diversity show today. It's uh, Bob on the show. Yeah, I can, I can do. But since that point, I never really thought of myself doing any acting. I've been acting almost solid in some kind of production since that time. Wow. I've never... Taking any kind of break. I, uh, so I did that in high school, a little bit in college. In the early 80s, I started doing radio. And because of radio, they would have me emcee a lot of events. So I started working on sort of comedy stand-up material. Again, I never really thought I would do it. I just figured this is what I need to do. And then through a lot of the 80s, I did stand-up. And I toured a little bit stand-up-wise. Ended up stopping the stand-up because I wanted to get married. And I didn't want that. I didn't really like that lifestyle. We can talk about that a little more later. But... I didn't like the the lifestyle of a traveling uh, comedian, so uh, got married, started my started a theater. Quickwits got started right about in there in in ninety four. That's just been kind of the love that kind of improv comedy. I, I still try to do stand up from time to time, and I do a lot of uh, sketch writing or. Uh, you know, longer form comedy writing. But, mm-hmm. And you've uh, done, I was going to say, you've done all three because I mean, between your stand up and running Quick Wits and then you've written plays as well for mm-hmm. Off-Broadway Theater and right. Desert Star too. Yeah, I wrote for Desert Star for a while. So there's been uh, been a lot of, but it, it's just this weird thing that none of this probably would have happened if my dad hadn't said, take a drama class. So what you're saying <laughs> so, is children listen to your fathers. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, so you fit in with the drama students as well, it seems. Well, it, it just, the, the funny thing, it was like... He became their godfather. Yeah. <laughs> the godfather. I, I, <laughs> That's going to be used in, this, in the no, blurb. All I ever wanted to be was a sports writer growing up. Oh, really? I mean, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then when I was... So I was editor of my high school paper, and then movie reviews became... And I was like, man, I'm either going to be a sports writer or movie reviews, and that's all I'm going to do. And then everything just... Movie critic doesn't pay, by the way. Though I'm sure stand-up comedian doesn't really say. Yeah. It's not like they're rolling in it on comedy bit. Right. But. No, but it was just funny how things that you never thought about. But then I look back at my life, and I think, how did I get to where I am? And I look back, even as a on young... On Bacon Cell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even even as, a, as, so as I look back, I think about how much as a kid I used to act out. Because uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled a lot. So I... I would have to entertain my myself quite a bit, so I would act out TV shows and movies by myself and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, uh, this is back when to, to make your own mixtapes, you had a forty-five and you had your recorder next to it, and you were trying to, uh, you know, make your own mixtapes that way. And what I would do while I was moving one forty-five to the other. I was doing parodies of the radio station that I would listen to and just keep talking while I was putting on the just next one. Just by yourself. One. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, In so your basement. Th- yeah. <laughs> well, like you guys are doing right now. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but uh, so it's weird how my life really went to this uh, way. And yeah. And you said you started out in radio. What uh, what station were you with? So I was with uh, uh, like KJQ, KCGL. Mm. They yeah. were the, the new wave stations back, mm-hmm. in, uh, back in the day. In fact, uh, what's really weird, I used... I I, uh, I came up with and produced a, a show called Unrest on the Seventh Day that mm-hmm. was that was this punk show that was on Sundays. Nice, and uh, it was really really popular. And the the movie uh, uh, SLC Punk, mm-hmm. in a way, is based on that that radio show and <laughs> the people that would gather to listen to that show. Oh wow! Even though I got no credit or, or anything like that, but yeah, but uh, you know, at least we know now. 
point. And, now. and our listener does too. Yeah. <laughs> our <laughs> one listener. <laughs> Your listener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you got to know a lot of the radio personalities in there too. Uh, I mean, you've you met, uh, I know you've mentioned uh, the guys from Radio from Hell, you know them. And oh, you yeah. Know. Bill and Carrie and, uh, and all those guys. And then you met Jimmy Chunga as well too. So, yeah. Chunga, West. Uh, I used to, was uh, Mr. West and I were roommates for a couple of years. Really? And, uh, and uh, Biff Raff. So there was Mr. West, Biff Raff, and I were, were roommates in a three room apartment. Where we had Spinal Tap on the TV constantly. It's <laughs> a good movie to have. <laughs> on the if, TV. If, you were, if you weren't watching anything else on TV, you just had to have Spinal Tap going. And as soon as it ended, you just rewound the tape and started it over again. Now, kids, um, rewinding is something that. <laughs> yeah, we were already talking about 45s and now rewinding. We <laughs> lost know. millennials a while ago. <laughs> no, I did have, uh, I did have uh, Bono hang up on me once in a radio interview. That was. Uh, What'd you do? Well, it was funny because I was, I was interviewing him in this, uh, this interview. We were talking about because I saw. When you two first came to Utah, it was at this bar, and I can't remember the name of the bar, but I was under 21. I actually had to sneak in to see them in this bar. It was about 50 people that came to see them. Mm-hmm. The next time they came, they were in one of the annex uh, parts of the old Salt Palace. So this is before they were big, big. Yeah, so it held like, and like 2,000 people were there. It was the Alarm's first American show. In fact, funny thing about that was the Alarm knew so little about America, they flew into Vegas and then drove to Salt Lake City. Oh, wow. They, they didn't even realize that there was a Salt Lake airport. Yeah. So it was about 2,000 people there for that. Almost immediately after that concert, they recorded Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. then they blew up. And so years had passed since they'd been to Salt Lake. And I asked him about, hey, how come you, um, how come you, uh, when are you guys going to come back to Utah? And Bono was like, you know, well, we, I'm not sure if we'll ever be able to come back to Utah because there's not a stadium big enough to hold us. Oh, the closest thing you have is at the campus of that Mormon school uh, in Provo, but we won't go there because of religious reasons. And I just went, what do you mean religious reasons? I mean, you, you, you're, from, you're from Ireland. You sing about <laughs> Sunday, bloody Sunday. Right. You were a part of this, and you were so intolerant towards religion. I said, this is the most hypocritical thing I've ever... Oh, yeah. And it just hung up Of instantly. course. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I... Uh, so that was on, that was on the air then. Yeah, that was he hung up my, on you. Oh yeah, and I used to play that clip uh, almost before every U two song because I became like <laughs> <laughs> just to get them back. Uh, but anyway, it was so yeah. But those were those were fun. That, that was during the eighties. But yeah, so all of that kind of focused my my entertainment uh, thing. Having to talk on the radio constantly helped me, you know, be an MC. Helped mm-hmm. me do stand up. And um, then, so, how did you discover improv then? Well, improv in uh, so in about. 7980 uh Dennis Farron who was the uh the teacher at Layton I, I think he's still the teacher that or his daughter now still You is. still have someone that taught you at Layton? <laughs> <laughs> you know the funny thing my my choral uh, teacher was Joe Everton he was the guy who was arrested Mystery. Yeah Yeah so he he was creepy back then yeah. anyway <laughs> Is there a story here? Yeah uh, I feel yeah, like I'm he, missing out He ended up marrying a student Oh great Yeah, yeah. Oh we've all been there right? <laughs> But, ah! Missouri's a bit different. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, Mr. Farron used to, it was kind of a thing. He didn't know what to do with us sometimes, so he would just have us do these little improv games that he had kind of learned. It was really interesting because I remember one time when we were supposed to be dogs at a dog pound, and everyone around me was just kind of ruff, ruff, and this, and I just started talking, and I just said something like, 10 o'clock tonight, we're breaking out of here. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, uh, we're, we're dogs, we don't talk. <laughs> And uh, so something clicked. And then in the 80s, there was a guy, uh, when I used to tour, he was a promoter, but he loved improv. He had done some stuff in Chicago, loved it. And he was always trying to get the stand-up guys to do improv. And I really liked it. And uh, when we were getting ready to open Off-Broadway Theater, 
a lot of us had come from Desert Star. I was the uh, you know kind of sort of manager, backstagey manager, mm-hmm. writer, did promotions and stuff. So that Desert Star was was before Off Broadway Theater. Yeah. So well, so like Eric Jensen and I and and Russ Peacock and all these people that were the mainstays at Off Broadway Theater. We were at Desert Star, and we were opening the Off Broadway Theater. And I wanted something that made us stand apart because. I had written for the last two years almost every show at Desert Star, and I was going to write almost every show at OBT, so it was going to be the same stuff. And, and I was going to say, if you don't know Desert Star, uh, they do kind of a musical parody theater, so mm-hmm. they take, uh, like, I don't know, what, what's something you wrote, for example, the Robin Hood one? Robin Hood, yeah, you've done Robin Hood. Yeah, you? I did Robin Hood, that was a fun play. Yeah. And uh, they take it and then turn it into like, this musical with parodies in there, like there's a thriller parody and a rock and robin parody, but it's all kind of you know tongue-in-cheek, very comedy. Right. It's a very, very fun way to watch theater. But we just wanted something different. So um, I had the idea that we can do this improv. And it was so funny because now you can think, well, whose line is it anyway? All these improv shows right. are out there. That wasn't going on in you know 93 when I'm trying to convince these people that we can do this. So you're basically telling them, hey, what if we don't have a script <laughs> and we just make things up on the stage? Yeah, and it was it was crazy. Sounds like a winner. <laughs> Sounds like bacon sale. Right. <laughs> but eventually, uh, you know, we, we put it in and got it to go quick. Which just became something we did between shows because at Desert Star we would end a show on a Saturday, start the next one on the next Thursday, and it was just a killer cycle. And we thought, man, if we could just buy ourselves a week in between shows, so Quick Wits became that. But it wasn't long before Quick Wits became really popular because it was so different than what was being done there at the Off Broadway Theater where it seats two hundred and fifty. We were selling out. For two years straight, we sold out our, our 10 o'clock shows wow. on both Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we were turning away 50, 60 people a night. Then when you joined us when we were at uh, Trolley Square, mm-hmm. uh, that was 350 seats. And we sold that out quite a yeah. quite a lot. So. Well, and, and I actually, I found improv comedy just after high school. I went and saw Quick Wits and we'd go there with you know youth groups and, and dates. And we'd just go there and watch the shows. And I was just always really, really entertained. And I loved when I'd get my suggestions on stage. So I'd yell at something like, cheese! And they'd say, okay, we're doing that about cheese. And I'm like, I'm funny. <laughs> Look how <laughs> funny listened. I am. But then when I, I came home from my mission, you guys had a, a theater in Clearfield. Right. And uh, they were. I heard that they were looking for actors. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And so went over there, played some games, had a great time, and ended up becoming uh, part of the team. So Yeah. No, one of the, you were one of the real regulars in our, what we call the rock star days. So. Woo! Yeah. Um, yes. What was it? Was it the '90s that kind of felt like the rock star days, or did they continue on for a while? Yeah. And when did that die out exactly? If those <laughs> yeah. were the days, <laughs> yeah, no. right? Like that kind of. Well, implies. it was funny because uh, so I look at Quickwits now, and I think you know those early days were the the crazy days trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now we have a list of maybe 400 games that we could play at any okay. given time. Uh, back in the early days, we had like 12. And, you know, it was like trying to figure things out. And it really caught on. It was this newness. But we were all still very cautious about things. But then once we went to, I think when Trolley Square, about when when Joel came in, we had a different group of actors at that time. These were actors who were willing to take these risks and and ready to be just bigger and uh, felt more comfortable. (laughs) Well, <laughs> okay. Actually, we, I don't think we really had big guys back in that. I, I may have been the biggest guy back then. It was weird. I mean, you remember, Joel, like we would just announce and I'd go, and, you know, here's Andrew. And the crowd would just go, wow, yeah. and Drew and Troy and all these people. It was just this, we called them rock star days because it was just, you know, the kind of feeling you get as a, you know, when you're at a concert and the guy you want to see do something. Well, for example, so I used to go see, and this was a couple years after a mm-hmm. Quick Wits was formed, so there probably is some breaking off, and I kind of want to get into that in just yeah, a little yeah, sure. bit. 
But uh, in Centerville at Rogers Memorial, I used to right. go 97, 98 to Mission Improbable mm-hmm. and go see those guys play pretty much every Friday. Right. Friday, because it's usually at 1030, because at 1030 and later hours, that's when, everything that's when they, is funny, right? Well, yeah. And that's usually when the theater stuff is over and yeah. the theater's yeah. not doing anything. And Yeah. So here's the weird thing. We, because uh, there was no improv when Quickwits mm-hmm. started and we were doing it, but every theater started seeing... Yeah, and that's oh, oh my gosh, there, there's this dead time that we can be we can throw this show that costs nothing, and basically. people could pay their five ten bucks, and yeah, come you, see it, and you can do a, a small thing. So yeah, so it wasn't just Rogers; it was you know Rogers was doing it with Mission Improbable, the uh, Jester's Royale down in Magna. Okay, we had other uh, off the wall up in Ogden, uh, off the wall in Ogden. You had you had people everywhere that were starting to see. Hey, we've got a theater, we've got lights, we've got all this stuff, and well, and I've so, often said that you can almost trace the roots of any improv troupe back to Quickwits in one form or another via you know they came to our shows or they're using the actors that were there. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Branch off is that kind of a loaded question? Do they do they see that it's so successful? They're like, hey, let's do that up north or down south. Yeah, well, it's kind of a thing. Like I said, there, there's really hardly any cost. Uh, you know, right. you, you don't and you don't have to rehearse. You don't have to do anything. So what they saw was. Man, if we put a show on at ten o'clock at night, it, even if only twenty people come, you know we've just made money for yeah. hardly doing anything. So it just became yeah. a thing that almost everybody tried. But what we saw at the time was uh, you had things like, um, you know, Mission Improbable or the the Improbable. I can't remember which one they, they were back then. Um, they they were good, and there was a couple other troops. Were good. Man, you saw so many troops that didn't get the idea of what a show is. Right, and and. And so that's when you talk about what happened to things, a lot of bad improv, and and it it's, it almost pains me to have to you know say that there was there was bad improv. But there were some iffy troops out there, we could say. But, but that that hurt that hurt the market uh, quite a bit. And well, it's funny because it seemed like there was almost like sports teams that your local improv group yep was mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, and you always had a favorite. There was always a star player that you loved in mm-hmm. every one. There was mm-hmm. the rock star, and if you went to another town, went saw Joel. another. It was Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Was, yeah, back maybe, in the day, maybe. Oh, probably now, right? No, not now. Now I all I, the girls screaming your name. Now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, there probably was this competition just based on like if I came down to Quick Wits after seeing that one, I would have been like, they're pretty good, but not as good. Even though I don't know, but it it's just, also it's how much loyalty in. people got oh, with it, improv. It's it's big time loyalty. Yeah, but it is also kind of funny because like I tell people whenever whenever I mention to people, yeah, I do improv comedy. I know they have this image in their mind of the high school improv team they mm-hmm. saw where they're like, hey, give us a suggestion. Pineapple. Pineapple? I'm carrying a pineapple. Look how silly this is. And see how good Joel is? Yes. <laughs> he hates pineapple. I just made yeah, that now up. Now I see why he was a right star. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to I have to tell people, no, like we're professional comedians. We've been doing this since, you know, they've been, the Quick Wits have been around since the 90s. I've been doing it since, you know, early 2000s. And well, so how, how hard is it to find someone that's actually good at improv? Yeah. Uh, you know what's really weird is I think I've got a very good eye to pick people out right away. You know, I look for people who aren't necessarily trying to be the class clown because I, I don't need that. I, I need team players, like yeah. Joel says. Uh, for me, I look for people who've got a real stage presence, who just even just standing in front of me, there's something I want to see there. But really, it just takes people who have the right attitude and want to want to learn to do it because I, I think inherently we all improvise every day. I mean, there's no script for what we have here mm-hmm. other than mm-hmm. what you guys have provided me for this podcast. Yeah, that's a... Which you're reading perfectly, yes, you by the way. Yes, that line was read perfectly. Can but, we go try, um, try it again? Try that one again? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> it comes this weird thing of just now being natural about it. And uh, when people look at uh, wanting to come to Quick Wits, 
mean, I tell them to come to a few shows so they can see our style because our style is a very kind of in your face. We're going to be self deprecating. <laughs> self what? <laughs> <laughs> Family friendly, by almost went another direction. <laughs> <laughs> but we all self do that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. No one else does uh, that for us. Anyway, but so if someone wanted to become a quick wit, what would they do? Well, I'd want to. I'd want to. I'd want to see them in the audience. I'd want to see them. You know, I want to know that they they get what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to them for a bit. If they've had already had improv experience, uh, experience, then I'm I'm usually pretty likely to just well, let's have you try a show. Mm-hmm. And I'll put them on a team with some really good people who can watch out for them. But, man, I'll sit down before that show and just let them know I'm not looking at you to shine. I'm not looking at you to do it. I'm just looking at you to to be a team player. Well, I've, uh, I've seen that, too, in shows where someone will be like, okay, this is my chance. And they will hog the stage and kill a scene mm-hmm. rather than stepping back and let the other people kind of shine, too. Well, there's a weird thing because you, you mentioned, um, you know, every team has their star. Right. And that's been a huge thing with Quick Wits that I've fought for forever is that we don't want a star. Okay. Uh, you know, I've seen other troops that had their star players and when those star players aren't there, the audience is like, oh, well, we're not going to see a good show now. Oh, okay. Cause our star, the star players aren't there and they feel a little gypped and they already go into that for, so our whole thing is that the, the star is quick wits. Right. And the show is going to be great no matter who's on stage because a lot of our players, you know, are, are going to be able to step up at any given time. Hey, right. so Bob, um, if, if you were to take like average people, so say there's a thousand people, how many of those people do you think could actually survive doing improv? In front of a crowd. Survive or thrive? Yeah, thrive. Thrive. I've, I've seen some actors. I, no, thrive is exactly the who right Who I word. know and love, I've seen them survive through Quick Wit shows. Uh, it's really hard to say, but I, I would think that it, it takes a it takes a very different sort of performer uh, it's got to be this performer that it, improv is the perfect example of you can never succeed without failing, you know, with it, without seeing how to fail and feeling good about failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause every improv, uh, scene that we do is, uh, I used to say it's like jumping out of a plane without knowing whether or not you grabbed a parachute or not. Sounds I mean, about right. It, it's good. You're just gonna you're gonna pull a cord and you hope that something happens, but if it doesn't, you still got to find a way to make it in spectacularly. Yeah, and uh, that could be with a big mess on the ground. Yeah, but but I, I would say it's pretty rare, and and so I really uh, a lot of people don't know what I'm talking to them in the audience, and they're saying I want to be in Quick Wits. I'm already in a way auditioning them because I'm seeing you know what they're doing and and how they're feeling, and they hmm. get what we're doing. And I'll ask them about some of the scenes and I'll be able to tell if they get, get to what they're saying. But, but for years, I've always felt really cool about just getting people. I don't know if you remember, do you remember, uh, uh, the guy from Ballet West, Jason? Yeah. The Dansuer. The Dansuer. The ballerino. So we had this guy, he, he was actually auditioning for another troupe and I saw him on stage and I was going, oh my gosh, this guy, just his stage presence was just amazing. And they didn't like him as an improviser. And it was obvious he really wasn't a good improviser. But there was something about him, you know, with the ballet training, he was just, anytime he was on stage, he just kind of filled it in this way that You're was... You're doing spirit hands and yeah. all that yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. That, that, right. that was yeah. different, different than any other uh, improviser we had. And oftentimes he would do scenes where he didn't talk. 
Yeah. Hmm. He would just be this character moving around in the background. That's a ballerino. And it was so amazing. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> it was me. Yeah, it was you? Yeah, it was me. I've been meaning to tell you. I oh, knew wow. It. Reveal. Yeah. No, you he, were a redhead back then. <laughs> yeah, you were a very tall redhead at that. Jake there the was ginger. a lot of other differences as well. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like with Quickwits, uh, I mean, we, we performed, uh, they were at the Broadway Theater. They went to Trolley Square. They were in Clearfield for a bit. And we moved around to a theater by the Cottonwood Mall. We were in, in, the, in Cottonwood, the Cottonwood Mall. In the hallway of the Cottonwood Mall. The hallway? Midville. Yeah. So crazy. Jeez. Oh, it was it was crazy. It was just that was one of our transition periods. We were trying to get to another theater. And so we had nowhere else to perform. So we performed in the hallway of the Cottonwood Mall. We'd set up a stage, yeah. set up chairs, take it all down after the show was Isn't over. Isn't that rough? Because don't you feel like you have to be comfortable in it, order to do that? That? Was, that was a rough time. Well, and then... <laughs> there was one like it was two levels so you had the upper level and the lower level and actually one time uh, they piled up love sacks in the bottom level and one of the actors ran up to the top floor jumped off the top no. floor on yeah the love troy sacks. did that yeah. yeah i thought he was gonna die but he didn't and then we performed at studio 500 for a minute the midville meets your theater and now the midville performing arts center yeah so, i think we're gonna stay there for quite a while yeah um, but it's, we, it's, it's just hard because a lot of time when you whenever you move you're gonna lose a part of your audience and so when we were moving around a couple times there it did cut into our audience like that and we're starting to kind of build back up uh the quickwits brand right there at the midville performing arts center it's amazing though over the years I'll, i mean i'll have someone who'll come up to me and and I, I can't believe how many first dates people have had at quickwits and they're yeah. there with their wife and kids and stuff like that and they'll tell me about how you know our first date was at quickwits we've so, had a couple of proposals on stage too. Oh, i've had a ton of proposals yeah. but funny thing about those people with the kids i'm always like well how come you haven't come back it's, <laughs> it's well, been 20 years well, that's, I'm, that's the funny I'm thing still too. there like i mean bob you've been doing this for a long time yeah. and uh, longer than i have and it's funny because you meet a new group of friends like in college whenever i'd move to a new apartment or you know move around to a different ward and people mm-hmm. be like oh you do comedy and they'll come see you for like religiously for i don't know a couple months and then they'd kind of be like ah yeah i'm good <laughs> we're done yeah and then they just kind of stop and i'm like what you can still come occasionally but yeah, yeah, Jake. Just like we see, Jay, uh, like we see Joel every other week. Yeah, wait. How many, how many shows have you seen, Jacob? Uh, sort of one. <laughs> and Kent, one. Oh, good no, heavens. no. I've seen you a few times at work parties. That's uh, true. Work parties. And how many? Yeah, that's true. How many movies have you sat by him while he reviewed them? Yeah, that's true. A although, lot. although he comes for free, so that's kind of different. <laughs> is, you can come for free. I told you I could get you in for free. Okay, I'll come this next week. Well, yeah, you, well, you sit in the audience. You just know the secret because you know how he gets lonely. You have to sit out there. No, with I've him. done that one time before too, where I was mm-hmm. in the audience with the date. It was a setup. I was the wingman, basically going with the other uh, <laughs> person, and uh, they needed another actor, so I left her to go up on stage to perform to do quickwits. That's and funny. then she felt desperately in love with you, and yeah. it's now your wife. What happens? Yeah, that's how that's how I met my wife. <laughs> right. now, now, did you meet your wife? You didn't meet your wife through Quickwits, though. No, no, no. That was a BYU story. Okay. But, uh, yeah, and then she she came a lot for a bit, and then yeah, because I remember she came before uh, came to the shows before you got. In. Yeah. But there are a bunch of actors who met their wives because they were fans of Quickwits. And yeah, and she did see me like uh, the group, the ward, basically. All mm-hmm. a bunch of friends came up to see me, and she was part of that group, and so she saw my stage. I'd like to think that's what wooed her over, but we'll see. Here's the weird thing, though. I mean, you, you keep bringing up the idea that uh, you know people want to see what what can you show me? You're funny. Show me, you know, show me something funny. Yeah, show us something funny. <laughs> so because that, that's been the real weird thing because uh, I've done a lot of this, and I I tell people that I'm this professional extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. I just really so I I don't like going to parties and having people start talking mm-hmm. about oh and Bob does comedy because I fear that moment because it's like well even if yeah. I even if I do stand up, yeah, it's well, going to be weird. I actually had a rule for a while there that I would not date anyone that saw me on stage at first because they or expected. Yeah, I do. Family friendly. 
but they, uh, they because they always expected you to be on. Yeah. Like when they, they they see you on stage first time, they're like, oh, he's always that funny. And it's like, and I found a lot of comedians. They go on stage, they're like, woo, and they get off stage, and they're like. Yeah, I'm good. Well, that's the thing. Do a lot of these people maybe late high school years or early college years, do they do this hoping to get dates or hoping to get that kind of popularity from people in the crowd? I I did do it for some time because <laughs> I didn't want to have nothing to do on a Saturday night. Oh, okay. That so once again, loneliness. Thing. Oh, I sorry, like, ladies. I got the show. I was like, ah, oh, you know, uh, I gotta go perform for a bunch of people. So does it? So you said you didn't introduce them or you didn't want them to be a, a fan. If you will. Not at first. Like they How come long after did they it take me. you to start dating them to be like, oh, and by the way, I do this on Saturday nights. You should well, come see the I'm show. No, I'm no Kenny D. I don't, you don't drop the, I'm a podcaster and a critic <laughs> yeah. on the yeah, first it's meeting. Super attractive, by the way. <laughs> but no, it, it would usually come out in, like Bob says, it, there's that moment. And it's happened almost every time I've moved into a new group of people that it's like someone will say something and or I'll say something about, I got to do a show. And they'll be like, what kind of show? And then I have to explain to a comedian, and they're like, Perless. we got to do a talent show. We'll get you an award talent show. We'll do an activity. Bring oh. them to do activities. It's just like, oh. Well, there, there were years to, so yeah. I, did a, I did a live TV show called Operation Fit Kids that was like this kid's show. That you was, made fat kids run or something? <laughs> <laughs> we wish. But, uh, there's Comedy. Great, great stories from that. But that would be because when I'd go to like, as I remember I was doing the show, right, when I moved into a new ward. And here's the funny thing. In that ward was Greg Rebell. Mm-hmm. And he was, Voice of the Cougars. He was just starting to get ready to take over for Paul James. And we had both moved into this ward at about the same time. And everyone was like, you know, all the kids were crazy. But, yay, you're on Opera Spigot, you're this, you're this. And I remember Greg going, hey, I I announced the BYU football games. <laughs> and they were like, eh. You're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we talked about the pressure of being funny. Right. I personally want to know, if you can remember in this very few years you've been doing this. Right. What about a time you've bombed or times that you've bombed? Because I'm sure you could tell stories of other people because generally you get to play the host, right? Right. And so you get to kind of watch and then end scenes at appropriate times just in case people are struggling or end on a high note, which I'm sure there's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Well, there's and there's been some improv. You never know what the show's going to be like. Well, there's a weird rule we have in Quick Wits. If a scene doesn't go well, and this is something I tell new actors, if a scene doesn't go well or if you mess up, we're going to call that out on stage mm-hmm. right then. Because, and I go, it's not that we're being jerks. It's yeah. that we want the audience to know, yeah, we know that wasn't good. <laughs> and we want you to know that we're better than that. So in terms of bombing on stage, we turn all of those into... So it's like huge, meta bombing, almost. Yeah, huge yeah. laughs. But I will tell you our biggest bomb we ever had with Quickwits. Uh, we were very early on in our career. This is probably 95, something like that. And uh, we got hired by the uh, Democratic Party of Utah to perform for this big yearly event. And I'd been working with the guys from this event for a long time, putting this all together. And uh, about two weeks before the event, someone in the committee, uh, you know, on the thing uh, passed away suddenly. And they talked about how they're going to put together this tribute movie for this guy. And uh, and I kind of went, hey, but and he goes, oh, no, don't worry. We won't have we won't have you go on after that. I'm like, OK, <laughs> right. good, good. Um, so it comes time for the show. And they're showing this tribute video. I don't know this guy, but I am tearing up. I mean, it's that wow. that kind of wow. This guy was a, a great, great human being who's mm-hmm. left this earth, and I'm I'm tearing up right in the middle of that. The guy comes up and goes, "Hey, I'm really sorry to do this, but uh, we're going to need you to go on right after this." <laughs> Which yeah, Jeez. warming up the crowd with a tear jerking video. <laughs> so we tried to do a sketch, and it it bombed horribly, horribly. And I thought, all right, well, let's go to our, let's do our best game next. This game, and I don't even remember what it is now. It was so long ago. This game doesn't fail. And we're in the middle of that. And it's just, people are just like, 
why are these people trying to make us laugh? And the guy comes up and goes, hey, I go, just do whatever your best game is next after this, and then call it quits. And I go, this is our best game. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, all right, just just end it now. Yeah. So I, th- I think that was a show that Quick Wits performed for maybe five minutes before we were yanked. <laughs> and that happens, too. Like, you get these audiences, and sometimes, you know, they're very happy to have you there. Other times, they're like, why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you interrupting my dinner? Well, you're really at their mercy, right? More yeah. than a regular entertainer would be. I well, would see, and that's the difference. When you, when you go to a stand-up, or, or quick wits or something like that, any kind of comedy show that people pay money to come see you, they've come prepared to laugh. But yeah. we do a lot of what we call away shows, they're corporate gigs, mm-hmm. things like that. And like what Joel is saying, where they're there for dinner, none of them cared that a comedy troupe is coming yeah. in to try to perform for them. I remember we did a show at Davis High's All Night Party. <laughs> and uh, was it Davis High? I think it was Davis High. And they, we were in the cafeteria where they had all the food. And this is like 4 a.m., 3 or 4 a.m., and no one was paying attention. And no, like we'd ask a suggestion and they'd just be. Every guy's there like, now it's a chance. So now it's my <laughs> chance to finally tell the girl I love her. Yeah, they all seem, can't hardly wait. Exactly. To happen. But it was, yeah, it no, was we, bad. We did a show one time where no one paid attention to us. And we had a guy that played the guitar. So we just uh, made up songs constantly about everyone there. I mean, our whole lyrics are just very mean about the people in right. the audience. <laughs> no one even cared enough to listen to the fact yeah. we were making fun of them. But things can go horribly wrong at Improv, too. I mean, you've seen your share of injuries as well, like people getting like broken bones and bloodied, right? I've got uh, so I've got two scars in my eye here. Both of them came from Improv games, both uh, of them because of Dead People. Oh, yes. There's a game called Dead People where um, there's one actor or two actors who are dead on the stage they're lifeless and then one person has to animate the all the other people and so they pick up people make them do something and then drop them so bob why didn't you play that game well about the guy that had the funeral video this you played that would have been good oh. <laughs> well too soon <laughs> is it too soon no you not. know what it would have gone over just as well as yeah, any of the exactly. other games we yeah. played so well, you might have well. shocked him out of it you yeah, know? so go. then what happened with you and, and your injury with the well uh both of them just got dropped and i caught as i'm being dropped i caught like a chair uh, or something like because that. Because you're Ugh. so into it, you won't even stop yourself with your hands. Well, that kind of ruins the illusion when you Well, do. sometimes you don't realize someone's going to drop you <laughs> yeah. right then. Uh, and at one, at, when we were at Off-Broadway Theater, we had this couch that was weird. It looked like a pretty solid couch, but it only weighed like 20 pounds. And you would, um, it just had this big cardboard back. And people would forget that. And they would go to drop you, and you would hit right on that cardboard back. Uh. But this is an area of your face, uh, like anyone who likes professional wrestling... They, it bleeds very quickly and a whole lot. So I've had <laughs> and a then you finish the scene? No, I just I, I covered my face as much as I could and then just kind of made my way quickly off stage. But um, yeah, and then gave everybody pats with your bloody hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. high five. <laughs> now we've had yeah, but we've had broken ankles. We've had uh, yeah. Charlie, uh, our uh, MC Charlie, went to go step off the stage and there were stairs. That were just off the stage. He didn't hit the stairs, though. He stepped right off and then oh, fell right. right into the crowd and broke his his uh, collarbone, wasn't it? I uh, I fell off the stage at Clearfield where the seats were right next to the stage. Yeah. We didn't have anyone sit in that front row. Yeah. I fell off the stage, went into it, and uh, cracked two ribs yeah. and had to just pretend Jeez. that nothing happened. My, uh, my worst injury wasn't that bad, but it's one of Bob's favorite stories. Um, <laughs> It's when maybe Bob so. should tell this. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> tell it, Bob. So, so first of all, Joel hates a game called Mouse Traps. Oh, I, I love so watching much. Mouse Traps. And it. all it is is you've got uh, about eighty to one hundred mouse traps all over the stage. They're actual mouse traps. The actors have to perform a scene, but they're barefoot and blindfolded. Oh, I've heard you complain about this. I hate yeah, this game. <laughs> he hates this game with a passion. So Joel decided one time, aha! I'll just go off stage. 
But my plan was to, as soon as the game began, make up an excuse and get off the stage. Because so you didn't care about the laughs. You just didn't want to get hurt. Well, it was, I thought this this will get a laugh and then I'll be able to leave the scene and not have to perform on mousetraps. It got a real good laugh because Joel forgot he was blindfolded and went to walk off stage and put his shin right into a chair oh, yeah. really hard. Oh. Like I was bolting. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom and like bolted and slammed right into the chair and like fell over the top of it. So got the laugh. And I'm sure it did. Especially that, from me. That hurt a lot more than any mousetrap. But yeah, I mean, that's one of my least favorite games I have to say. Because in improv, you play games. You In short form improv, you have these games where you kind of, you know, you know what the general guideline of the of the game is, but anything can happen within there. Whereas long form, that's when it goes into, long form improv, that's when you kind of do like a full story or like an entire play. or And it goes a lot longer and it's a lot more involved. So I went a little, uh, went a little derailment of what things are, but yeah. Bob, I was going to ask you, who are some of your favorite comedians, though? Like we talked about people that, you know, we making other people laugh, but who makes you laugh? So comedian comedians? You know, I really, what's really funny is with my job, I oftentimes, sometimes will have to hire these comedian, hire comedians for our big events that we'll do. So it's been great that I've been able to, to hire and then open for like Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan and... Um, Those are two of Ken's favorites. Jim Gaffigan is... <laughs> I'll uh, say that. Uh, Dimitri Martin. <laughs> nice. I love Dimitri Martin. Yeah. Um, in fact, what's funny is I hired Dimitri Martin before he was starting to get really big. And it, I actually didn't realize it was his first corporate gig he had ever done. Mm-hmm. And so he had no real thought to uh, maybe I shouldn't drop about two dozen F-bombs in the middle <laughs> right. of, of a corporate gig. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially it was for uh, LDS Family Services. Yeah. Which was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Uh, so I, it's been nice that I've been able to hire people I like, but I like um, I really like uh, I like the mental comedians, mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've really had a hard time through my my stand up career. I've always worked clean, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I'll have some stuff that that's innuendo and things like that because you know I'll work a lot of bars and you you gotta at least be of the world at some <laughs> point. Yeah, how do you to, even avoid that though? Because it has to come up, right? Oh, I, I had I had a comedian one time that. Uh, or not a comedian, a, a person came up to me after a show and he goes, you know, you were the funniest guy on stage. You, you were the absolute funniest guy. You were better than the headliner. Uh, you were just, you were so, you had me cracking up the whole time. And he goes, can I give you a little advice? And I go, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, guy who obviously is not a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and he goes, you know what, if you swore a little more, you'd be you'd be better. And I went, well, you know, I, that's I, I tend to do... Uh, this is the style I work in, and I, I don't really need to do that. He's like, well, I just, I think you would. He came back again like half hour later, and he goes, Man, I still just, I think you really, if you swore more. <laughs> He's inspired. You, and uh, and I, I pressed him off. It was your old young men's director just testing you. <laughs> you should have, like, cursed him. Like, Well, so here's the, like, here's the end of the story. Yeah. So he comes back a third time, and he goes, I know you keep telling me no, but I'm just telling you, if you swore, it would be funnier. And I don't say this a whole lot, but I just looked at him and I just said, F you. <laughs> and they looked at yeah. me and I said, was that funny? <laughs> yeah. and? and? Did he laugh? Oh, he he kind of slunk away at that point. But yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, I enjoy the mental, uh, when it comes to comedy, I enjoy the, the mental aspects of it and the, how do you, how do you make something that shouldn't be funnier? Or how do you find the funny thing that we all see every day, but when you point it out, yeah, that's actually pretty funny in that way. Well, and that's the funny thing about improv is that if it were scripted, if you knew you were going to a scripted show, you'd probably be like, eh, that was okay. But the fact mm-hmm. that, that people are coming up with it on the spot 
makes it much more entertaining. It heightens that uh, entertainment value. Yeah, because everyone's shocked, right? Like you're yeah. shocked, the audience is shocked, the, the other cast oh. members are shocked. Yeah, when the audience can see that the actors are laughing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I tell people improv and what makes improv work for the audience, it's like, you know, it's like you have that best friend and it's it's time to give your book report in front of the class. And you know he was supposed to go tomorrow, but he just got called up today <laughs> and you know he hasn't read it. And you're watching him give this book report and it's killing you. You're... You know, you want to laugh so much because you know he's having to just fake this. And, yeah. that, and that's kind of what happens in improv. The audience knows that everything that's happening is just, it's a bit of magic that will never happen again that same way. Yeah. And every show's different every time. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, hey, you're welcome to come, but I can't guarantee a good show or a bad show because it's all made up on the spot no, every you time. Can that's why Ken's only, Ken's only one. You are the worst ever. No wonder we can't get, I can't guarantee it'll be any good. No, but actually, I do have a superstition about inviting people to shows, like, directly, because I had so many times where I'd be like, you should come to the show this weekend, I'm performing, and then that would be the weekend where it would be, like, an off show, and I'd be like, oh. Wow. So now what I do a lot of times is I'm just like. like four in 25 years. You know, <laughs> but now what I do is I'll be like, hey, I'm performing, if anyone wants to come. You can come. It's Saturday night. Yeah. Hint, hint. But yeah. Uh, and then what are some of your favorite movies, comedies? Yeah, because I, I have to know, like, do you just love comedies or do you seek maybe more dramatic material? Because you can't, no, I, I mean, love, as a comedian, you can't just indulge in comedy, right? Uh, it's exactly. Uh, and the reason why, you'll, you'll see so many comedians um, and comedic actors that are so good at drama. Right. But the drama, the real just all drama actors have a hard time to get into comedy. Exactly. Because comedy, and this is... I don't is know, little, Pierce Brosnan was amazing on Saturday oh, Night Live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's... <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a random choice. No, when, I just remember when, that was a bad one. <laughs> when, when I would teach comedy writing, I would always have to tell people the thing you've got to remember in comedy, comedy is based on tragedy because comedy is only works if somebody is not having a good time and can be laughed at. That's hmm. true. Like, like who's on first is hilarious and it's perfectly written. But it is not a comedy to the guy who just wants to know who's playing first base. Oh, okay. And so... So, yeah, I love drama. In fact, and this this may really surprise a lot of people because a lot of people, it's a movie either love or hate, but my all-time favorite movie is actually Love, actually. Oh, I that's love great. That one. I had to do actually yeah. twice just to do yeah. that. But then I love uh, Spinal Tap is going to be you know one of my favorite comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Die Hard is going to be just one of my all-time. It's almost a perfect movie. I yeah. would say. But not the most Christmassy one. It, uh, hey, we've already decided <laughs> it is. <laughs> Bobador approved. I'd say more than uh, the. You should watch the other one, the, whatever, whatever that is. Lethal watch Lethal Weapon again. I think uh-huh. you'll. I think you'll get it. Uh-huh. Nice try. And we, we've talked about you know what it's like to be a comedian trying to be a good improv comedian on stage. Mm-hmm. If you're in the audience, how do you, how are you a good audience member at improv at an improv show? Well, well, one that we hope for is that you're not trying to. You didn't come to try to be funnier than the oh, actors. That's I tell you. Does this happen every time you guys perform? No, not every time, no. but. I've said one time, the one thing a comedian does not need is another comedian in the room. Right. Because all the time it's like the someone will come up and we've had, I mean, drunk shows, they go one of two ways. Okay. Like I've done a bunch of drunk shows where like the people are pretty sauced and either they're going to laugh at everything that you say, which is great, or they think they're the funniest person in the room and they start like heckling or they're on stage stealing the spotlight and it's just awkward for everybody. Yeah, I think uh, our our people who are going to yell out suggestions and keep yelling out the same thing. Um, yes, and you know they got to realize they haven't accepted that three times in a row. Why aren't they doing my proctologist suggestion? <laughs> By the way, speaking of yelling out suggestions, proctologist. I always say proctologist, and they never accept it. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's here's why Joel doesn't invite you. Joel and I, you have dates. Proctologist. 
What do you want to be when you grow up? Proctologist. So when, you and I have talked about this. When, for example, when you host a show and you say, hey, I need a movie. It seems like the go-to movie or movies. Titanic. Titanic and Braveheart. Titanic yep. and Braveheart are always Why? mentioned. Why Both that? movies that it, came out in the mid-90s. I don't know what it was about those. Every show, it's uh, Titanic, Braveheart, Walmart, and McDonald's. Those four suggestions will or, come out. Or bathroom. Name a celebrity. Name a celebrity. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, no. Now it's I Donald see Trump. Oh. It's every yeah, show. Trump. Every time mm. it's Donald Trump. Oh, that's tired, right? Do you have your impersonation down, Joel? I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's too bad. Because you just got to do that. And, and, you know, Bob knows as an MC, because being an MC is very difficult. I've tried mm. it a couple of times. Still working on becoming a good one. But because you get these suggestions and you don't want to pick the same thing every time, but you also don't want to get something so random and off that it's going to throw the actors off. You want to make sure that you're picking the best suggestion. So how's the balance work, Bob? Well, for me, uh, every suggestion I'm hearing in my mind, I'm quickly deciding what I would do with that suggestion. And I have enough faith in my actors that they'll, they'll be able to do something. If I can come up with three things pretty quickly, then they should, you know, they can come up with something. If, if I can't come up with something, then it goes away. Well, that's a lot what I, whenever I'm on stage, it's a very quick process, but mm-hmm. it's this whole process of, do I find this funny? Yes, say it. Do I find this funny? No, don't say it. And so you have to kind of do this cycle the whole time as you're doing the improv shows, because it's all made up on the spot, but also you have to make it so entertaining. You just hope that you have a good sense of humor. In there. That's what I hope for. I hope for mm-hmm. in the same tune with the audience. And some audiences are very different. Some audiences we know will prefer physical comedy. Some mm-hmm. will prefer the more verbal stuff. Some will prefer the more raunchy. Some so that's what I clean. have to do as an MC is I have to start watching what they're reacting to and start making sure I'm tailoring the games and the suggestions that are going to give them what they're really asking for. I think what has helped me is my stand-up experience in dealing with hecklers. When we do get the weird people in the audience that are trying to take over a show or trying to do something, I'm usually able to shut them down. How do you? I was going to ask how you shut down. What's a good way to shut down hecklers? Uh, usually, it's just uh, you know dumb, dumb things. I mean, they'll, they'll yell. Do you make fun of them? Yeah, yeah, I'll make fun yeah, of them. Okay. I mean, it's they'll they'll yell out something inappropriate, and I'll go. No, I was. I uh, was asking for a suggestion, not just a, a cry for help, yeah. uh, you know, kind of thing. And Because yeah. um, a lot of times people, they want to be in the spotlight until it's turned on them and then they just shrink away. Yeah. As soon as you start paying attention to them, because they're like, oh, oh, I didn't want that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. By now I've got it down. Mm. Uh, but man, I, I, I don't know how someone just brand new comes into trying to MC a show and really get it down. Yeah. Because you, you, you see it all the time. Like I've seen so many MCs go through the show. That I thought, hey, if I just echo what they say, it'll be fine. And then I start uh, starting games without getting scenes or <laughs> without suggestions. It's kind of like jumping into it. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. So it is a, it's a balance. But have you found, Bob, that uh, being a, a comedian, particularly mm-hmm. an improv comedian, has helped you in your career? Like, Yeah, I would, I would say so. I, um, so I'm a, I'm a video producer. <laughs> and it's oftentimes I'll do conventions for my company. And, man, things will change second by second on what they need or suddenly they need this video that has to air in two hours here. Um, and I'm pretty unflappable now when it comes to someone having to throw something to me at the last minute. Uh, in improv, it's all about you say yes and. You, you don't say no to things. And so I've taken that into my career and into my life of just always looking for, if someone needs something for me from me, I'm not going to start with no, that can't be done. I'll start with yes, how can I get it done? So that's so when I asked you thing. to be on the podcast and you said, yes, and, and then you're here going, oh, man, this scene is not going well. <laughs> and we'll pay you? <laughs> the script we wrote is kind of garbage, you know? <laughs> no, but, but one thing I, I will say, and this is, uh, 
yeah, arts uh, keep getting pulled away from schools. And I, I think it's a horrible thing. And I mm. think the people look at the arts wrong. They look at music and art and theater and these things and think that this is a waste of money because, you know, uh, you know people aren't going to grow up to become these artists or grow up to become this or, you know, this is just a waste of resources. But um, I look at it and I, I was actually talking to a group of drama teachers uh, at a convention uh, not long ago. And I was trying to tell them, you guys need to look at what you do. None of you are really out there creating the next great actor in this world. That's not what you're doing. But what you're doing is you're giving people the confidence to go out and do whatever they're going to be great at. Because doing forms of art is putting yourself out there and having the confidence to say, this is something I created. Mm-hmm. And man, to have the confidence to do that with art or with, with singing or with music or with drama is an amazing just confidence builder. I mean, my kids have grown up basically in the theater, but these are kids that are confident. He keeps in, them there in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I had off-Broadway theater, they all literally, you know, because I was there almost <laughs> the whole time. But they're just confident to do anything. Nothing phases them in the idea of, uh, my daughter now is, went to India to go learn, uh, to get certified in some yoga stuff. She had never been outside the country but there wasn't an ounce of fear. She just knew, well, I'll go there and I'll adapt to whatever I need to adapt to. And I think that learning the arts um, does that. And I think that taking that away from kids at an early age really just messes it up. And it also stifles that imagination that we all had as kids that just goes away. Uh, it's Imagination is, is a muscle that needs mm. to you know, kind of be exercised. There, I'll get off that was my very deep. For a well, wow, man, we got oh, serious on bacon cell. story. Wow, man. <laughs> you'll just cut that out. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, probably so. And then I was going to say, you mentioned this earlier, but you, I mean, you've done a lot of writing too. I know you've written the plays we talked about at Off mm-hmm. Broadway Theater, sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've written your own stand up. Uh, I know that you've also written some screenplays. Right. Uh, you had them option too, right? Uh, I, <laughs> I had a couple screenplays that were optioned and sold that will they'll never get made <laughs> but still but, but still having an option is pretty cool option is just uh, for those you don't know it's the a studio buying the rights to maybe produce your work so you get paid something right you, you, yeah you get you get yeah, paid I made, I made ten thousand off of one of them oh wow and, yeah and, and then but is does that kind of destroy you when it's never made you're like but if that's not the light of day that would be that great it 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 did for a while okay and then i saw something else that this group did and then I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't want them ever making." Okay, them. yep. <laughs> and, the op- and the option expires too. Like if they don't, if they don't yeah. use it within a certain amount of period, it, the rights go back to you anyway. So you're paid out and anyway if they don't make it. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a win. And yeah. then you've also written some books as well. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so I, I wrote a couple improv books, and those and I. A hundred to one improv games for children and adults, and more. One more improv. I'm pretty original yeah. with my title. <laughs> uh, th- this is both available on Amazon. Well, yeah, uh, these are from a, a theme of a of a hunter house that did a whole bunch of 101 blanks for kids. And, yeah. And somehow that was weird when I got a call out of the blue asking, uh, this is because they were California based and they were calling me to see if I would write their 101 improv games book. And I was like, how, why are you calling, you know, this guy in Utah? And someone just, well, we just, we had some people say that you were, <laughs> You're the guy to talk to. All those it. guys in Chicago yeah. are like, he's like, now Bob Bedore. Yeah, that, he's a sharp cookie. He's like, I went to this show and I told him to say the F word a lot. And then he did. <laughs> and I knew this was our guy. <laughs> yeah. It all comes back to but that guy. What's weird is I don't think about it. Uh, those two books have sold together over 40,000 copies. Wow. Actually, the first one has sold over 30. So the other one 
the second book is kind of tanking in a way. To yeah, compare but to still, it's kind of like Stranger Things. More selling than I've done. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Random true, Stranger though. Things jab yeah, in the middle of throw the it comedy in. show. Uh-huh. You know it. Yeah. But and, uh, and then how has your comedy helped you in your writing? Well, it, it's helped me to craft things, uh, especially in comedy. There's a brevity that helps in a comedy uh, and, and hitting and knowing when to hit the beats and things like that. And so working on comedy is gonna, has helped me in, in dramatic uh, stuff because I'm understanding the beats and how to craft up to, uh, you know, in comedy, you craft up to a punchline. But in, uh, in drama, you're having to work your craft up into a gut punch. Oh yeah, yeah, and true. So it's a really weird thing. So uh, I've just uh, so I'm putting final touches on a on a young adult sci-fi uh, that I'm writing called Independence, and there's a lot of gut punches in this, and and it really is weird that um, it really was half, having to craft it like a joke. I mm. need I need the setup because if you just if you just do a punchline without the setup, there's no funny joke. But mm-hmm. if you do something dramatically without the uh, invested you know, set up into that, it's not going to go either. So it's really weird how I think it really has helped me a lot in all of my writing. Well, and seeing how is uh, November's the, what is it, Nano? NaNoWriMo. Yeah. NaNoWriMo. Yeah. It's writing for, it's it's mm-hmm. basically not a contest. What do you call it? Like a, it's, it's just a get together that says, yeah. hey, for a month, I'm going to try to write 50,000 words. It's, it's, it's a way for writers to kind of have a, a goal, I guess. Yeah, I've done it the last two years. Actually, this year I made a decision that, because I'm going to work on a screenplay and I know that it's not going to hit 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really entering into my words into NaNoWriMo, but I'm just um, I'm just going to write this during November and, and get this one out. So then I was going to ask, um, seeing as how this is that month, how do you write? Like, what do you do to get in the mind frame to write, and how do you get over writer's block? Um, well, first of all, to, to write, um, and here, so here's a real interesting story. So we all know Richard Paul Evans. Yeah. Yes. Guy's a huge. So here's a cool little story of I was in his ward at one point before he was a writer. And he came to me one day because I was doing some writing and he, and he wanted to write this story. He goes, so how do you write? He goes, because I've got the story I want to write. And I said, well, you just have to sit down for this hour and say, I'm going to do nothing else for this hour. And then, you know, you got to set that time and you just got to you just got to write and it doesn't matter, even if you're getting this writer's block, move on and just keep writing something else mm-hmm. until you can push yourself out of that block. And I said, and the, and the big thing is just keep writing. Don't try to write for other people. Write for yourself. And don't keep thinking, oh, the people are going to want this. What is it you want? Because that's going to keep you writing and going to keep you invested and keep you interested. And um, a little bit later, he put out Christmas box and... Uh, that was not, yeah, not one it, thank you. Right? Not one thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually have him well done, here tonight, Bob. Bob. But Richard, can <laughs> <you> come in? <laughs> no, but it was uh, it was pretty funny that uh, I even tried to talk to him later because I was hoping that he would maybe help me. Mm-hmm. And I was even remember when we were at your kitchen table and uh, you were doing all this and who are you? <laughs> <laughs> he goes. Vaguely, I was like, "Oh crap! I'm not gonna get my in that I so richly." I'm deserve. your gosh father. I'm the muse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so we've gotten to like a lot of about Bob. What about Bob? Right. Yeah. Hey, that should be the title of the episode. But now, what I wanted to do <laughs> is uh, Bob and I have done improv for a long, long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I want I asked him to get some games prepared to teach you two 
so that we can get Kenton. Are you just doing this to embarrass us? Don't <laughs> yeah, you want to see you us have, bomb? You, you have met me before, right? You know. Yes, it's yeah. gonna be fun. Mm. So yeah, we're gonna let Bob uh, turn into Bob MC mode. All right. So what I'm gonna have you guys do? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, first of all, I'm, we're gonna use Joel. So ready? I'm gonna show you how easy improv is. We're just doing okay. things we call one word story. All right. So yes. we're just gonna go around, and I'll do it as well. We're just gonna go around, and I'll even start, and you just add one word to the story. And this is something I teach. First grade kids. So, so oh great, be. there's so much pressure here. <laughs> yeah. This bar is way too high. So, and remember, keep it keep it clean. Don't so, go blue. So first of all, we get is uh, just uh, Joel. What's your favorite animal? A wolf, of course. Yeah. And uh, give me an occupation. Uh, proctologist. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Okay. If we use it, he'll never ask for it again. Doctor. 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 Okay. We'll get, yeah. Okay. So that's all we know about this story. Wolf and doctor. Wolf doctor. So what's going to happen? I'm going to just say once upon a time, and I'm going to say the first word. You just add the next word. And we'll just go in a circle here. Okay. Going. I like how you guys are so confident, but Jake you're, and I are kind of squirming right now. So yeah. I'm squirming. Want, just make to sure s- to listen to the other people. Follow yeah. the story. Yeah, oh, this is too hard already. All right. So if I just started with, once upon a time, there was a wolf named Pete. And he would eat. <laughs> I'm good at cats. this. Until he found a cow named Sue, who enjoyed multiple births. <laughs> Period. <laughs> One day, a another wolf doctor came upon the cow and quickly helped deliver the enormous wolf. <laughs> We're we're bad at this. We're bad at this. I want to mix it up. (laughs) You don't sabotage the scene. Yes, yes, Angel. Oh, yes, Anne. That's right. He delivered the wolf. He delivered the wolf. Cub. His only child gave. (laughs) What the crap's happened in this story? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody read this back to me. (laughs) I think we had once upon a time there was a wolf named Pete. Uh, who well, ate cats until he met a cow named Sue <laughs> we're who enjoyed good at multiple births. I, in, in my mind... The, the, it's the funnier wolf, when you read it back, yeah. Like my, in my mind, the wolf was going to become a doctor because he was helping this cow giving birth. See, oh. But then all of a sudden, you turn it into all right, the so, wolf cub. So Joel, Joel is doing what he's never supposed to do in yeah. improv. See, the whole idea of this is... It doesn't matter what your story is, Joel. It does. It, it only does. matters what your word is when it comes to you. And it's about being this team, and it's about not trying to to you know, force an issue or, or anything like but that. But he's throwing out Wolf in the you middle of the You broke the, the game, Joel. You broke the rules. <laughs> you should have just let Although, us go with Proctologist. It's because I remember we used to, we used <laughs> to play this fine. game a lot as a kind of a warm-up game. Mm-hmm. And every single time, the person would end up dying and going to hell. Every single time. Really? To the point where they said, okay, you can't kill off the character, and you can't have hell in the, in the story. There can't be no <laughs> you know, demons and, and burning and stuff. So. so let's do one just like that, but this is called fortune cookie. So okay. we're, going to, we're going to create a fortune cookie. So you've got the kind of, oh, think in this yes. fortune cookie kind okay. of uh, mm. way. So, Joel, you start for us. And then once we think we've got the fortune cookie finished... So we're just saying the fortune? It's the one one word again. It's the one word story. But when when we all think the fortune is done and complete, we all go, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Okay, there you go. All right. So I'll start? Okay. Okay. You must find the 
way to your heart and win over another person's heart. Yes. 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 <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> oh man, that okay. was deep crap. If I've ever let's, heard it, let's, let's do it again. <laughs> All right. You want to do another fortune cookie? All right, yeah. I'll, I'll do another. Okay. I'll start this one. There's the cracking open. Man can always find the right truth unless he can't. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's that's actually true. Man can always find the right truth unless he can't. Yes. I would if, if I read that in a fortune those cookie. Are I'd probably be like, the best oh. words ever said on bacon sale. Let's just be clear. We're dropping truth bombs here. Unless they're not truth bombs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know I'm in French there. I just love seeing all your faces go. Yes 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 yes, 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 yes. That is the best part about that game. Yeah, yeah. it's a good way to end it. Uh, Bob, you want to try any more? Did you want to do like an A to Z just to? I, I think uh, I think we'll we'll try either an A to Z or short attention span theater. Which do you like? Let's do an A to Z just as the definite beginning, middle, and end. Because whenever we start getting okay. the weeds, Kent throws out a wolf cub. <laughs> <laughs> I threw out the wolf cub again. Story of his life. <laughs> All right. So in the game A to Z. The first person who speaks, so I'm going to give you two a scene. You two are going to act out a scene together. You so. two, All right? You me, two, me yeah. and Kenny D. Yes. All right. And um, Joel might join in at some point if there's yes. a time for a third character. But the first person who speaks has to begin with the letter A as the first letter of the first word they use. The next person has to begin, and you can talk uh, okay, as much okay. as you need to. The next person does B as the first letter. I of feel the like first we need the use. alphabet up on the wall right now. <laughs> how does oh, the alphabet be, work? You'd, work you'd again? be surprised how often it's like a letter gets skipped, and the yeah. audience just goes, "Oh, yeah, I got the you." Audience will always be keeping track. Yeah, you're trying to, uh, Joel. What, what's something you might have to take back to the store because it was defective? Uh, toaster. Toaster. All right, so we'll have you start. Mm-hmm. Walmart, proctologist, <laughs> Titanic, Braveheart. <laughs> well, we'll have you start. You need to. You need to return your toaster. So you two are going to act out the scene, and there we go. Okay, so as uh, no, no, I start no, with no, name. No, no, actually, I'll go first. <laughs> Attention, shoppers! We will now be taking returns. It's not just one word, then. No, it's yeah. you, as long as you start with the letter, you can go as long as you want until okay, someone else talks. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, so wait, we were at the store. We're <laughs> yes. taking it back because he's already there. And I started with A. Okay, so start over, Ken. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> You didn't explain all the rules. Planned, yes, we did. Planned improv, everyone. Yeah. Attention, shoppers. We will now be taking returns. By the way, we no longer are accepting the underwear returns from Kent Dunn. <laughs> are we both announcing this over the megaphone? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You're the one who brought us there. You're on letter Can C. you tell me what the problem is? Don't even ask. Everything you've shown me is a lie. <laughs> Fortune cookie. Find, <laughs> unless it isn't. Find the truth in your heart. <laughs> Great, but could you really tell me what the problem is? Honey, you gotta just know. We're <laughs> being <laughs> <seems> so big. <laughs> I don't believe this. <laughs> We're the worst. Oh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a sec. Can I go first here? Uh, I have a toaster that I need to return. Uh, can, I, can either of you help me? You seem to both be working behind the counter. Kittens aren't sold here, sir. That's <laughs> the only gag I can think uh, of. <laughs> look, I'm not trying to return kittens. I have a toaster. I was pretty clear about that. 
Okay, yeah. And either one of you can talk. We don't have to go in order. All right, all right, Mom, right. will you come help this guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so uh, this toaster electrocuted my cat, and I need to return it because now every piece of toast I cook smells like cat hair. Please take that to the electronics. <laughs> quiet. I'm trying to talk. You be quiet, Jacob. I'm trying to talk to this guy over here about my cat. Why would I take it to electronics? This is the returns desk. Right. You're definitely at the returns desk. But the thing is, we don't work here. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. That was the right letter. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we used to work here. But we don't anymore, and there's a lawsuit, but I don't want to get into it. I think you understand. Uh, so you're just both unemployed people standing behind a counter pretending to help customers? Verily, I say. <laughs> I'm better at this than Kit. <laughs> We're nearing the end. What? No, no. no. We're at X. Dang it. I'm bad at the alphabet. We're not at X, are we? You were at W. Yeah, we're at W. W. Oh, okay. We're at W. I just took Joel's word for it. (laughs) Or signals for it. What I want to know is if I can return this toaster or not. X marks the spot. Go stand over there. Can't hit the drop. You got to get out of the store right now. Zupas. I'm going to Zupas. <laughs> Yay! Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Man, I feel like we should have recorded that one like without recording it. It's going to sound so good in post. <laughs> no, it won't. It's great. <laughs> you can just add in audience laughs during post. <laughs> Make it sound good. Uh, so, Bob, how bad were we? <laughs> like, no, if, if, if this is where a show, Bob, and you were giving notes after, what would you say? Like, he's, we do after yeah, a show. Yeah, absolutely. He oh, gives really? us notes. Yeah, he gives us notes on what, what, could we, what we could have done better. I would say we need to workshop that. Um, uh, <laughs> is, is that a really nice way of saying that's a nice way of saying yeah. that it did not go well um there's there's a lot of because uh, when you're actually playing the game you're not allowed to kind of you know confer where you're at or what letter you're on or anything right because yeah. if you say anything, i knew i was breaking those rules yeah it has to be the next letter for doing that the first time i mean that that is it's a hard thing to do because not only are you trying to keep a scene going you have to remember what, how the story's going as well, right? Yeah, and you have to keep the letters in mind. And I always tell people when you're doing improv, most people want to get to that joke. You know, they want to do the real funny thing. Um, so I always say that you've got to, going crazy is fine, but you've got to build uh, a layer, a foundation of, of saneness. Um, because it, it's like what works in comedy. Comedy doesn't work if there's no relatability to the comedy. Mm. You know, if there's not that that truth in the matter, they go, yeah, that's so true. I never thought of it that way. So by building something very concrete uh, that you can then build the crazy town on, that's mm. what works. All right. How about so Kent and I give you and Joel a topic now Okay. for A to Z for A to Z. You want to do an A to Z again or do you want to do the other one, Bob? What was the other one? You I want to hear an A to Z, honestly, Kent. Well, what do you think? Short attention span. We can do short attention yeah, what, span. What is that yeah. with, with a snake version is okay. really tough. So what's going to happen in this? You're going to give us a suggestion. Joel and I will talk, but the first of us that talks has one word. Then the next person has two words that they say. Then it's three words, four, then five. And then when someone gets to five words, the next one goes four, three, two, one, two, three, four. So five. Wow, that's confusing. So each yeah. time we talk, we can only say a certain amount of words. It just depends what order it's in. So we go one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Right. Got it. 
So I just had to explain it again. So I got it when Bob said it, but yeah, you had the confu- <laughs> you had that confused look on your face, like when you were trying to figure out what what X word to use. Um, but you did good, by the way. Oh, thanks. X is a tricky one. Yeah, that are trying to do uh, uh, scene in reverse. Oh, let's not do scene in reverse. That's one of Bob's favorite games to play. It's one of my least favorite because it's it's exactly what it sounds like. You have to do this scene in reverse. So instead yeah. of setup punchline setup punchline, it's punchline setup punchline yeah. setup. Every line of dialogue, hmm. but in reverse order. Yeah. That's it's yeah. a tough. All right, Kent. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, you're uh, at the pound trying to find your lost dog. We're at the pound trying to find our lost dog. Yeah. Okay, right. sir. Yes, ma'am. I need some help finding your dog. Yes, my dog is lost. I'm sorry for you. Find it, please. I can't. Why? Because. Rules. Rules are stupid. But you should follow. I want my dog back. I know, ma'am. Are we going up or are we going down? <laughs> oh, it's one more. You're not allowed to confer, Joel. I just heard <laughs> that. <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's just a look at Bob's face. It was supposed to be a four. Oh, that was a four. You did three. That's right. I did five. That's right. I want my dog back. That is five, isn't it? <laughs> That's the latent Jake. education. Okay, we're not the worst. Yes. <laughs> I got lost. Okay, describe your dog. He is hairy. And color? Brown. What breed? Kinda a mix. A poodle and schnauzer? That would be a schnaudel. Yes. Yes, it would. And that's the game, everybody. That's the game. But he never found his dog. <laughs> yeah, and that one's, uh, it is complicated. When you a have schnaudel? To down, a schnaudel. A schnaudel. Yeah. Delicious when you, when you pastry, down, by the way. Like that. Like I, I, but literally, when I play that game, I have to do like little finger taps to count the words. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you just go one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah. There, I'm there, glad we're not doing that one, though, honestly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I had a hard enough time with the alphabet. There are times when we do... Uh, like eight, like someone will have to do eight words every oh time they talk. Yeah, that's crazy. And you would think that would be cool because you've got more you can say, but no, it makes it more complicated because then you run out of words. And yes, sorry about that. I thought I was going down, and or I was going down, but I thought I was down one more than I was. I should have just let it go, but yeah, we all have off nights, Joel. Yeah, like tonight. I'm sick. <laughs> we'll workshop. <laughs> I'm sick. But anyway, so I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, your your guys' uh, delve into improv games. That's pretty there. fun. Yeah, that was fun. And there are like hundreds of hundreds of games. Like we actually At have... least 202, according to my book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm waiting for the third edition, really. Yeah. I do but, feel like we could do better if we had another another go, though. But You could yeah. do another round if you want. I, oh, like no, I, I don't like mean right now. I maybe just... another Chinese. Uh, maybe another... Well, well, yeah, we game. should end with that. We should one end with that. One last fortune cookie. They, yeah. like, they yeah. like that game, Bob. Yes, 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 yes. Fortune cookies is one of the best warm-up games. All right, one of you start it. Jacob, why don't you start it? You haven't started yet. In your heart, you will seek your answers to my biggest question. Yes. I feel like we're, that's Wait, really how they come up with fortune cookies. <laughs> I feel like we're doing a good like job. That. I've read worse ones, honestly. <laughs> no, but I, I was going to say, if you, uh, we, we have a QuickWits app uh, that's available for Android. Android and iPhone or just Android? Uh, it's only available on the, the Android, the Google Play Store, for to download. 
But you can go, if you've got the iPhone, you can go to qwcomedy.com and look, download the web-based version of it. Yeah. Oh, so cool. there's And that has all the games. It has suggestions. It has, because there's tons of things you need for an improv uh, troupe uh, just mm-hmm. to get, you know, the right you know, pieces of paper. And uh, we have Cards Against Humanity. And we have all these kind of things, props, like all these different kind of things to help with different games. And this app has a lot of those things kind of built into it where mm-hmm. even just picking a suggestion, you can you can do that on as well. But uh, and also Bob's books, that yeah. bunch of games there, and so every time we get up on a show, we don't we don't really know what games we're going to play. We have some favorites that we like to do, but each show it's a different group of people playing a different group uh, different group of games in a different way. So it's always a different show whenever you go see Quick Quits. So there's yeah, fun. very cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I have enjoyed it a lot. And I, you know, Bob, I was going to say like, what's it like running Quick Wits? You've been doing it for a long time now. What is it like to, to run Quick Wits? Well, it, it is really weird because uh, there's a lot of egos involved. Yeah, and a bunch of actors. Like Joel, but yeah. basically. Drama shut up. queen. Shut up. <laughs> Joel, Joel, honestly, is one of the few I, I don't really have to worry about. <laughs> I hate drama. Um, but, uh, no, it, it's like, uh, well, if you're a parent and you've got, so Joel, you've got 100 kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 100 now? Jeez. Yeah. He had my, 28 my last week. <laughs> but uh, Oh, yeah, he's been speaking to a lot of women. <laughs> but it's that same way as a parent, you've got to treat each child a little differently and it it looks it's really hard, but with my actors, it's like you know I have to do certain things for certain actors because that's what they need to get the best out of them. And and sometimes it gets hard because an actor will go, "Hey, well you you didn't yell at this guy when he did that same thing," mm. and I'm like, because he would cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it is like quick. Let's, we do our regular show, like I said, like I say at the end of every podcast every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. But we also do these. Um, corporate parties or we just did like we do private parties all the time so if right. you ever want to book quickwits just go to the quickwits page and and uh, there's a contact button there and they'll give you the information you'll talk to bob yeah and, and kids and i have seen this firsthand they're really good and i was actually worried about you guys because it's you can see the whole crowd which i, I assume you'd rather be on a dark stage where you don't really you can hear the last but you don't have to see everybody well in improv you want interaction with the with the group and so having sight into the crowd helps okay you could pick out people and, but like, and make fun of people i was a little worried because like everyone's at a work party and it, it seems like we may all be all disillusioned with being at a, a work party but you guys still killed it well the funny thing about it is like i, I bob I, i'm assuming you don't get nervous anymore because no. i used to when i did these shows i would get so nervous for quick quiz shows i'd be backstage just sweaty palms just freaking out like very very nervous about it and now when i'm going on stage no big deal hmm. it's like kent before a date yeah, <laughs> yeah, still a big deal. Yeah. But then when I performed for work or when I performed for people I know, it really gets me. Like I was super nervous about doing the show at a work party because I thought to myself, after this show, people are going to look at me different mm-hmm. because you can't really, if a guy's been parading around on stage as Miss America in a French maid outfit, you look at him a little different the next day. Especially when you were a boss. Yeah, You're a manager. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a manager at the time. And that's the only time I really still get nervous when I go on stage is when we do uh, shows for people I know. I know people I know are in the audience. I'm the other way. When I know there are people in the audience, I know that amps it up a whole nother level for me. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just there to impress them now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But uh, yeah. Uh, Any other guys? You have any other questions for Bob or? No. Okay. Bob, thanks for coming. This was fun. Yeah. Hey. I mean, I'm sorry that we probably won't be auditioning because we're not very good. But uh, you, guys, you guys weren't bad. Wish that could have gone differently. No, yeah. I, I, I would say that at some point what we need is we need to get each of you on a team. And uh, and like if you guys have some kind of bet that needs to be settled, some kind of grudge you guys have had, Ooh. we mm-hmm. could settle it 
on a quickwit stage and the winning team now knows that they won that grudge and oh, it can never bad. be brought up again. Nice. Sometimes there's opposition in the show. Sometimes. Sometimes. I know. Sometimes. I, that's when it's funny. Yes. But, Bob, take a moment to plug anything you have coming up or anything you want to talk about. Well, uh, just come come check out Quick Wits. And uh, you can also, now we do a podcast at the end of our, our shows. We just kind of sit down and do one. It's called At Wits End. Mm-hmm. And it's about 30 minutes of kind of improvised. Uh, we, we almost do a kind of a movie style because we'll say we cut to this and we you know we, we move to the next scene and, yeah. and we do these the podcast kind of really is we we get a suggestion or we just have a conversation and then someone in the middle of the conversation will suddenly start a scene and then you have to perform a is, scene based is that on the long time. form type of improv it, that you guys it, are talking it, about it's, it's, it's a little it's more long form. a long form style yeah yeah and it's just for yourselves though i mean there's no audience it's well, just there's, there's like <laughs> a few people that will stay after but okay yeah, sometimes and it, i i also will say it's a little more blue I, than, I will say if you do go look for it look for the little blue e's yes because uh, anytime jason is uh Ecstasy? Is that what yeah. we're talking about? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty explicit. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say at times. Sometimes it is, but there are some that aren't. Yeah. Um, but it's called At Wit's End, and uh, it's really been fun. I've just enjoyed this whole different style of improv where, like I said, you are not you don't have the audience right. answering, and now it's just us trying to make each other laugh. Yeah, didn't you? I was going to say, didn't you pull out a Ouija board for the Halloween show? Yeah, we pulled out a Ouija board. How'd that go? Because <laughs> uh, you left, right, Joel? I wasn't able to stay for that one. No. Okay. Well, it was pretty funny because you could tell that one of the actors was definitely pushing but he didn't know quite where to push. So we were asked, because uh, the theater we're in, most theaters are haunted, but this theater was actually, used to be the Midvale City Hall and and jail. And so people have died in there, and we've had really weird things happen in the theater. So we decided, we'll get a Ouija board. We had about a dozen of the audience stick around, and we were asking, is there a uh, is there a spirit here? And it was funny, we ended up getting pushed to the letters F, G T C and then yes and we were like well, what does that mean and we were all kind of doing a little anagram kind of thing and suddenly someone goes fart gas treats cancer <laughs> and that became our scene was <laughs> was a guy coming in for uh, this radical new treatment to cure his cancer <laughs> that fart gas yeah and that's that's what happens on the show is it really is kind of just it's amazing the routes that the show will take. Yeah, you never know where it's going to go, but that's called At Wit's End and you can find the places. But I, I would say if you uh, enjoy the the family friendly uh, <laughs> stuff, don't go to anyone that has the little explicit E. Yes, because they get pretty explicit, but it's fun. Um, yeah. So is that it, Bob? Anything else you want to plug? Book? Your book? Or no, any shows uh, coming up? Uh, Bacon Sale. I'm going to be on an episode of Bacon Sale. That's this uh, now. That's, that's oh. Yeah, you're on. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bob's, Bob's a little advanced in age, so he gets confused as to where he is. But, if but you thank want, you. But if you want to find me, you can find me at Seven Eight Six Joel on Twitter, or you can also find me performing with Quickwits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page, or just talk to Bob. Woo! Nice. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Candy Three DD, and if you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers and catch us on Twitter as well as the whole Bacon Sale group at Bacon Sale. And we will definitely talk and interact with you and make fun of you there. Oh, yeah. We love making fun of people. Especially Joel. All right. Well, thanks. Or me making fun of people. Mm -hmm. Thanks again, Bob. And until next time. Bees. Not the bees. Can't hate anything that's popular. And I hate it when he uses that voice too. Ooh, this is cute. Ooh.
You have no Who idea. rates out of seven? Uh, you, I think you do. We I don't think know. You're seven and three quarters. Still haven't told I rate us. based on how many kids I have. <laughs> yep, you're the guy with a hundred kids. Yeah, hundred kids. BYU boy. You got the age. Jason's the pervert. Jordan's the pervert. Oh no! <laughs> so currently, the ever increasing star amount. It's out of sixteen stars currently. Joel, you have like constellations at this point. <laughs> All right, you sound rich and beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> That's what Ken says on Tinder. Like <laughs> I've been called the Godfather. Well, I wouldn't say blasphemy, but okay. <laughs> Goshfather. <laughs> the Goshfather. That's much better. <laughs> he was hanging out for thirty minutes with Jacob all by himself, and he's still here. By the so. way, Bob, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's, that's a feat unto itself, really. This movie's a Milky Way. <laughs> I'm the Big Dipper. So my dad was like making a play date for me. I want to bring my friends on the show. <laughs> you need to get some first. That was me. Yeah, it was you? Yeah, it was me. I've been meaning to tell you. Yeah, thanks yeah. for letting me experiment on you guys. That hurt a lot more than any mousetrap. Super attractive, by the way. <laughs> he was creepy back then. And uh, give me an occupation. Uh, proctologist. Why aren't they doing my proctologist suggestion? <laughs> I know you keep telling me no, but I'm just telling you, if you swore, it would be funnier. Oh, I thought we had a ghost here. The yeah. that was, oh, crap. Who let the owl in? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. He's been speaking to a lot of women. I would say we need to workshop that. Bob Bedore approved. Whenever we start getting the weeds, Kent throws out a wolf cub. Honey, you gotta just know. <laughs> Man can always find the right truth unless he can't.